Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in this he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of waters that bring forth fruit in season. His leaves will not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which is wind-driven. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Thinking about our lesson for today, coming from Luke 17, verses 11 through 19, I want you to think for just a minute, if you will, just kind of, because we're going to be talking about the 10 men who were stricken with leprosy, and Jesus came along and he healed all 10. And only one came back to praise and thank God. The question under consideration today is, where are the nine? Where are the nine? Thank you, if you will, for just a minute. If you could just imagine, metaphorically, that the nine, they may represent those who were closer to the Lord, but actually they should have been closer to the Lord, but they actually were not. Perhaps even consider the nine who didn't come back. They could represent those among us who repeatedly and constantly disregard what God has done for us. Also, you can consider the nine. They may also represent those among us who never find a good reason to come back and praise God and thank him for what he has done. I asked the question in our introduction or our moment of meditation this morning. The question is, when was the last time that you took the time to truly thank God for what he has done? I ask another question, when was the last time you stopped and truly counted your blessings? I don't know about anyone here, but I've actually done that when I was a younger, younger person. I actually sat down and, and, and I thought about that and I said, what is it, count your blessings, write them out. So I sat down and I wrote out all of the things that God has blessed me with. And in mind of a young person, those are going to be very rudimentary and simple things to most of us who've lived life a little longer. But for those of us who have been around on this planet for any amount of time, we have many more things that we could truly think about and thank God for giving and providing for us. As I mentioned earlier, there are those in this world today who do not have enough food to eat. They don't have it's sufficient clothes to put on their back. They don't even have a roof over their head, nor do they have shoes on their feet. And yet we here in America, we are blessed beyond measure. Comparatively speaking, we are truly, truly blessed. Have we truly thanked God for, I know some of us have taken some of these missionary trips across the sea and, and have seen some of what I'm talking about this morning, uh, but yet I want you to fully realize that there are people here in this country who are in similar 
situations? Have you thanked God? Have you thanked him for what he has done for you? Sometimes we receive huge blessings or deliverance or perhaps even healing from God and we simply overlook it. I want to tell you this morning, I have absolutely nothing brand new to tell you about God and how good he is. I have absolutely nothing new. Most of you already know just how good he is. So the question is, are we truly praising him and thanking him for all he has done? Reflecting back in uh, when I was reading over in Deuteronomy 27 and verse 20 and chapters 28 and looking at the cursings and the blessings that God pronounced over the people as they crossed over and went into promised land, land that God had promised them from the time they were in slavery and captivity, a land that he had promised them while they wandered through the wilderness for a number of years. And now they're at the moment where God is going to deliver his promise. And he recounts to them, he says, I want you to remember, if you do this, you will be cursed. And if you do that, you will be cursed. And on the flip side, he says, if you do these things, I will bless you. So basically, he's saying to the people, and this is where I want to focus today, the blessings. But God says to them, he says, if you do this, here's a blessing. If you do that, there's a blessing. Here a blessing, there a blessing, everywhere a blessed blessing. And you'll read, if you'll read that like I did, you'll see that after all of those things were recounted, the Bible says all of the people, not some of the people, all of the people who had received those blessings said in unison, amen. So they were thankful for what God had done. They were thankful for the deliverance that he had given. It is important to call out on God's name and thank him verbally and in our own spirits for the things that he has done for us. See, I'm not talking about just praising him in the morning and in the evening. I'm talking about praising him all day long for what he has done. As we take a look at our message, we're going to see here in uh, the book of, um, in, 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 uh, in the book of, uh, in our chapter here in Luke, uh, we're going to see here that uh, Jesus was traveling through a region of Samaria and Galilee. I want you to know that this was a territory that was uh, on the outskirts of the mainstream of society. And I just want to make a point this morning that Jesus fully intended to be in the outskirts. He intended to be where he was on that day and at that particular time because there were people in need of what Jesus had to deliver. He intended to be there. In that area. And it was an area where people who were essentially castigated. You see, I want you to know this morning that Jesus fully intends to seek and find those who truly need him. He, seek, he, he specifically seeks and searches out those in our society who have been specifically castigated and for all intensive purposes disregarded. Jesus tends to hang out in those kinds of areas, and he tends to hang out with those that many of us would consider the untouchables. I suspect that Jesus recognizes these and those who, uh, who are in the greater society who have castigated us. They, are, they would readily accept anything that he would have to say. Those who truly need him are ready to receive what he has to offer. 
And even sometimes, as I mentioned before, sometimes those who appear or who really should be closer to Jesus, they are somewhat apathetic and perhaps even dismissive towards him and perhaps even his blessings and even his deliverance. You see, I call those who would assume that they have some special privilege in God and those who would refuse to praise and thank him. I've oftentimes in my private study have called them the frozen chosen. You know, those, it doesn't matter what God will do for them, they will not give him praise for some reason or another. We will explore perhaps some of those reasons why we don't praise and thank him for all of the blessings he has done. Take a look in chapter and in verse number 11 in our study, where Jesus, it says, healed the 10 men with leprosy. The Bible reads in verse number 11, it says, Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. You see, folks, this was the land uh, of uh, the unclean. This was the place where it was between the territories that were very significant during this time. And uh, doesn't it seem just like the kind of Jesus that we know, love, and serve to go right to an area where people have been castigated? And those are the ones who are ready to receive him. But Jesus fully intended to be where he was at that particular time. Verse number 12 says that as he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance so they weren't very close to him when they did. Verse 13 says, and they called out to the, with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on Doesn't it seem like we always call on the Lord when we know that's the only one who can truly help us? When we're down to nothing, I want you to always remember that God is up to something. And that's the perfect time to call out on him. So at a distance, they called out to him. See, I want to tell you a little bit about leprosy. I know many of you already know what it is and, and have heard and read about it before. But leprosy, just to reiterate my points in this message, leprosy is a contagious, it was a very, very contagious disease. It affected the skin, the mucous membrane, and the nervous system. And it was a disease that was very, 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 very awful thing to have back in those days. In the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter uh, 13, uh, Leviticus chapter 13, if you will, in verse 2 and 3, we find some things that the people had to do when they were uh, afflicted with this disease. It says anyone suspected of having this disease had to go to the priest for an examination. And if he was found to have this infection or leprosy, that person who had the disease shall wear torn clothes, let his hair hang down loose on his head, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. It sounds like a sanitary thing to do, right? You know how when we have a cold now, we used to cover our mouth to cough because we don't want to pass on a contagious disease. It's, it's very sanitary. And it sounds like that's what, were, that was, that's what they had to do uh, there in the book of Leviticus. It was, in the, it was the law. They had to do that. And it goes on to say in Leviticus 13 and 45 through 46, it says, and he, his dwelling shall be outside the camp. So it makes sense 
given the situation that Jesus and these 10 lepers found themselves there on the outskirts of things. They had to be away from main society because you didn't want that disease to spread among the people. He had to live outside the camp, and that leper then was considered utterly unclean, physically and spiritually. That's how they considered it. So it was a very, very bad thing to have leprosy. And uh, I've, when studying for this lesson, I took a look at some of those pictures. I could have put some on the screen uh, and be very graphic, but I don't think that that's necessary. <laughs> you know, you can look at it yourself and you see just what it looked like. And some people who would have or be afflicted with that disease, they would lose digits. Their fingers would fall off, and they not even know it. They would have boils and sores and oozing all about them. And if you can remember, if you can just think for just a second, in that hot, arid area where they lived, then you would have flies and everything else coming around. Imagine how these people had, were, had to look as a matter of law. They had to look tattered and torn and cover in their faces and be on the outskirts of town. So it wasn't a pretty sight or a pretty thing to be afflicted with leprosy back in those days. Verse 14 says that when he saw them, that being Jesus, he said, go show yourselves to the priest, which is just what Leviticus told them to do. Go show yourself to, to the priest. And then the Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. I want to pause for just a minute to let you know that we serve a God who has the power to save us at a distance. Oh, yes. He doesn't have to be right there in our face or, or have some earthen vessel to deliver us from whatever. He, he can do everything that he did back then, even today. I stand here with no reservations to let you know that I believe that the God that I love and serve Power is just as strong and just as legitimate today as it was back then. He is still God, and his power is still supreme. Look, if you will, in verse number 15 where it says, one of them. Remember, there were ten. But only one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back. And praise God. And you want to know how he did it? He did it in a loud voice. You see, sometimes we're too shy when God blesses us. Sometimes we're a little bit reserved. Maybe we're just sometimes a little too dignified. Maybe sometimes we classify as some of the frozen chosen. But yet God still blessed you and I. He blessed all of us. Just as he did, and he delivered and healed us, just as he did with these uh, 10 that, he, that we're talking about today. Verse 16 says, he saw, I said, I said he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And the Bible says that he was a Samaritan, someone who was on the outskirts of society. Someone who was on the outskirts of society. Someone who perhaps wasn't as close to Jesus as perhaps some of us may think we are. But he was on the outskirts, but he was the only one who came back. See, sometimes I do believe, church, that sometimes we appear apathetic and perhaps even dismissive towards those who are, those among us who would assume that we are closer to Jesus. 
Perhaps sometimes we're a little bit dismissive to the power and the blessings of God. Verse 17 says that Jesus asked, he says, were there not 10? Now, you know good and well Jesus knew that there were 10, but this is a rhetorical question. Were there not 10? God knows exactly what he did. He says, were there not 10? Then leper responds and says, and the boy the Bible says here, it says, uh, uh, were there not 10 who were cleansed? And it goes on to say, which is the title of our message this morning, where are? The nine. Has no one returned to give praise to God except a foreigner? You have to understand a little bit about the culture and things and how they were back then in those days. Uh, you know, because the, the, the Samaritan people, they were considered on the outside of things. And I want you to think for just a second, if you will, now as, 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 as we've taken a look at that, I want you to go back and I want you to reflect upon what we talked about in terms of, of, of leprosy and what it actually looked like. Those afflicted with their disease back then, in those days they had to look tattered and torn and they had to present themselves in a certain way and they had to be on the outskirts of the mainstream of society. I want you to consider this morning, if you will, what if sin, and I mean the sin that we commit today, what if sin appears as leprosy before God? What if it looked like that? If it did look like that to God, then I think we all can safely say that we all have been affected in some way by the things that we've done or perhaps even some of the things that we've said. Because Romans chapter 10 and verse number 23, it says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have done things contrary to God's will. Not only that, Romans chapter 10 and verse 10, it says that there is no one righteous, no, not one. Not only that, in verse number 12, it says all have turned away. I think we all fit that bill at one point in time in our lives. Verse 18 says there is no fear of God before their eyes. And that tells me that some of us sometimes can be rather, rather brazen, bold, and perhaps even gullible uh, to think and not even have fear or complete respect for God. And there in 22 and 23 of the book of Romans, it says, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I know for me and myself personally, I have definitely, I definitely fit that category from time to time in my life. And if that is the case, then every now and then and, and from time to time, if God looks at and views leprosy just as uh, uh, sin, just as he did, as, as leprosy is, then we all were in a pitiful and pathetic looking state at some point in time in our lives. But we serve a God who is able to deliver he is able to heal. He is able to uh, uh, save us uh, from our sins. And any time and every time he does that, we all should be thankful. We all should be praising him. We all should be thankful for what he has done. So I asked the question this morning, the same question that Jesus asked, where are the nine? 
I have no idea where the nine are because we all have messed up. I have no idea where the nine are. But the Bible doesn't tell me where they are. I have no idea. It doesn't say. It just moves on. I have no idea where leper number one is. But what I can do, because I don't know, is speculate. I don't know where you are, leper number nine. But you receive the same healing and blessing that all other lepers have. Perhaps you decided to go out of town and support your favorite football team and cheer and praise them for the fine athletic prowess that they've displayed on the football field this morning. I don't know where you are, leper number one. Perhaps that's where you are. All I can do this morning is speculate. Leper number two, I don't know where you are. The Bible doesn't tell me. So all I can do is speculate as to your whereabouts. Perhaps you, I know that you received the same healing and deliverance that all other lepers did, but perhaps you decided to quickly return home upon being healed. Perhaps you decided to quickly go home and check on your finances because you've had to be away from that for a period of time. I have no idea where you are. Leper number three, I don't know where you are. The Bible doesn't tell me. All I can do is speculate. You received the same healing and deliverance that all other lepers did, but perhaps, leper number three, you decided to go to the mall and get some new clothes. You know, you had to wear these tattered uh, outward garments for such a long time, and, and now you just want to get yourself something new to wear, so you decided not to go back and praise and thank God for what he has done. I really don't know if that's where you are. The Bible doesn't tell me, but all I can do is speculate. Leper number four, you again received the same deliverance and healing that all other lepers did. I don't have any idea where you are. All I can do is speculate. Perhaps you decided to reconnect with your friends and family rather than go back and praise God for what he has done for you. Perhaps socializing with your friends was more important than giving God the praise that he deserved. I realize that you've been away from them for a while because of your illness, but you decided to do that this morning. Leper number five, where are you? You received, like all other lepers, the deliverance and healing that all other lepers did, uh, but I don't know where you are. The Bible doesn't tell me, so all I can do is speculate. Perhaps, uh, leper number five, you decided now that you've been healed and delivered that you would uh, go and uh, get a good night's rest. I know you've been tired because the sores of sin and whatever was perplexing you for such a long time, has, uh, now it's over now, and now all you need is just a good night's rest was more important than going back and praising God for what he has done. Leper number six, where are you? I have no idea. The Bible doesn't tell me where you are. All I can do is speculate. Perhaps you decided that uh, you wanted to catch up with your significant other rather than go back and praise and thank God for what he has done for you. Oh, yes, your significant other, you want to make sure that that person is still faithful for you since you've been estranged from them for a while. I don't know if that's the situation. Bible doesn't tell me, so all I can do is speculate. Leper number seven, where are you? I have no idea. Bible doesn't tell me. You received the same healing and deliverance that all other lepers did, 
but you decided that you would get back to your business. That was more important than praising and thanking God after recently receiving the healing and deliverance that you did. Leper number eight, where are you? I have no idea. Once again, the Bible doesn't tell me. All I can do is speculate. Perhaps you decided it was time to get your hair and nails done and get back to your society people and your society party. They were throwing you a welcome back to society party. I don't know, but you just, you know, your hair hadn't been done right since you've been in this situation. And maybe that was more important than praising and thanking God for what he has done. And leper number nine, where are you? You again received the same healing and deliverance that all other suffering with this ailment did, uh, but you didn't come back. The Bible doesn't tell me where you are. All I can do is speculate. Perhaps you decided with your highbrow attitude that Jesus should have healed and delivered and saved you because that's his job. Perhaps you're not sufficiently appreciative of all of the things, large and perhaps even small, that God has done for you. The Bible doesn't tell me where you are, so all I can do is speculate. I have no idea about any of you, uh, 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 any of the nine uh, lepers who didn't come back, and I don't really know about you, but what I do know is about me. I want to be like leper number 10. I don't want to be the one who comes back and thank God for his blessings and his deliverance and his healing that he has given me. See, I don't know about you, but for me personally, I am not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed to testify before you, uh, him, her, anybody about what God has done for me. I know where he's brought me, so I don't mind coming back and praising God. I don't know about you, but I would rather be like leper number 10. I'll praise him in the morning, in the evening, in the noonday, and all night long. I have no reservations whatsoever about doing that because I know how good he has been. God is so good. He is so wonderful, and he is so powerful, and he has done so many things for us throughout the years. And I know that we serve an awesome God. He had the ability to save all 10 people at a distance. And on that particular day, he has the power to do whatever he wants. And throughout the years, he has done awesome and magnanimous things for mankind. So I know we serve an awesome God. We serve a God who can take dust in his hand, breathe on it, and create a man. You see, he took a nation of slaves who did not have the courage to stand, parted the Red Sea as they crossed on dry land. And although they complained because freedom was a shock, and yet God provided water flowing from a rock. God loved and cared for Israel, and we all know it's true. And likewise, God loves and cares for us too. Because he gave us Jesus to save us. And I know that Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, and I know that that's true. See, and here's another thing that you should never forget, and that Jesus walked on water, and he didn't get wet. He walked through fire and didn't get burned because those Hebrew boys' faith could not be turned. So when the troubles of life gets in my way, I find that's the perfect time to fall on my knees and pray. 
Oh, yes, I will return and praise God and thank him for what he has done for me. And I wonder, nine, are you willing to praise God for what he has done for you? Are you willing to just fall before him and say, thank you for what he has done? Have you counted your blessings and thought just how many wonderful things that God, you got to remember, see, he didn't have to do it, but he did. Because he's just that good. He's just that good. He can love us and do whatever he wants. He makes the rain, the Bible tells me, fall on the just and the unjust. So he's a fair God. He's a good God, and he's a wonderful Savior. You see, if you're not a Christian this morning, as I prepare to close, if you're not a Christian this morning, and you find yourself on the outskirts of society, you find yourself castigated from the commonwealth, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You have an opportunity because, see, I want you to realize that if you, if you find yourself there, I want you to realize that although you're, on, you're in that particular position right now, I want you to fully understand that he's done some things for you. Whether you're a Christian or not, God has done things for you as well. Whether you know it or not, he has done things. Perhaps uh, you're lingering somewhere on the outskirts between Samaria in your own mental and spiritual conditions. I want to know, and I want you to know that if that's your position this morning, that you're among the nine who have been castigated from society. But I want you to fully understand also that God has done some things for you. And let me tell you one of the things that he's done specifically for you. He gave you Jesus who died on that cross. His blood was shed for your sins and mine. That's what he did for you. Because he did that, you and I have an opportunity to be added to the body of Jesus Christ. All you have to do, you've heard the truth. All you have to do is believe it, repent, and confess of your sins. And don't worry because it's not me or Chuck, because Chuck's not standing up here today. I know how to baptize you. I'll put you in the water. And we'll baptize you and we'll add you to the body of Christ. And you can come up out of that water a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. I didn't say you was going to come up worry and trouble free. <laughs> You're going to have some troubles. And there's going to be time that Satan vexes you going and coming. But I want you to know that you would then have an advocate in Jesus Christ on your side. I don't know about you, but that's a fine thing to have in times like these. It's a fine time to have Jesus on your side because he is a wonderful Savior. And though you may not know it, he has blessed you even in your absence from him. And for those of us who are closer to Jesus, where is your praise? Where is your thanksgiving for what he has done for you? Are we the frozen chosen? Are we going to be thankful to what he did? This brother, this Samaritan, this foreigner came to Jesus and thanked him. He fell on his knees and praise God for his deliverance. He was happy. Now, for those of us who are, quote, unquote, closer to him, where are you? Maybe you and I are part of the nine. I don't know about you, but I want to be that tenth leper who came back and thanked God for what he has done. You know that Jesus can bless us. As I said before, he can bless us. He didn't have to be right here in front of us and lay hands. You notice what he did to those brothers? He said, at a distance, at a distance, he blessed them. 
John chapter 1 and verse number 4 and 19 says that Jesus loved us first. Even if you're not a Christian, I want you to know this morning as you leave this place, as you watch it on the podcast, and as you reflect upon your own personal life, whether you are a Christian or not, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And he has done, I've recounted all of the things that he's done throughout history. And if I were to just take the moment or two and tell you what he has done for me personally, I would be here another 16 hours telling you just how good he's been. Now, I don't know about you, but if you have taken the moment in our moment of meditation this morning and you thought about what God has done for you, you got to say amen and hallelujah. Because you know full well that you and I are blessed to be where we are today. So as we prepare to sing our invitation song, I want you to think about just how good God is, and I want you to begin, if you haven't, to start praising him in the morning, praise him in the evening, and praise him late at night when you're home alone. See, I don't know about you, as I said earlier, I'm not ashamed to own my Jesus because I fully realize that he came and died for me on Calvary. Now, that wasn't a small thing. It was a big thing. It was like we used to say it growing up, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a mighty big deal. And I don't know about you, but I thank him for that. And I don't mind telling you in your face. And don't mind, young folks, when you go back to your schools. If somebody say, oh, you're a Christian, you say, amen, yes, I am. And you stand boldly right now because we're going to need young folks to be stronger nowadays. And we used to think when we were growing up that it was tough. You know, it was tough growing up, and in some cases, it truly was. <laughs> it was tough, but it's just as tough today. You know why it's just as tough today? Because Satan hadn't changed. He's still the devil today that he was back when Jesus met these 10 people with leprosy. And he intends to leave our lives in tatter and torn situations just like these lepers were. He wants to see us raggedy, pathetic and castigated. But here's the good news. Jesus wants you saved, healed, and delivered. That trumps the further, the other part of it. It trumps everything in the whole wide world to me that Jesus is just that good. So as we stand and sing the invitation song, I want you to thank God and sing like the Spirit is all through you as we praise God and march into a brand new week. God bless you.